Welcome to the Seeker Podcast, that service of change where we challenge reality, question which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy, the second with Service of Change, where you can read my book, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, for free just by going to www.serviceofchange.com slash I am human. All I ask for is your email address just because I'm trying to keep in touch with my readers and my listeners. You can check us out on YouTube. The Seeker podcast slash videocast is up and running. The archive is uh, up there available for you to watch all our previous episodes as well. Let me know what you think. It's a new endeavor for me. Uh, I love your feedback as it only helps to improve the show and the listener experience. Tonight I want to talk about an interesting article I came across uh, talking about structures on the moon and who may have possibly put them there. It's a fascinating subject. Before I jump into that, some other things that came across uh, on my feed over the past week that I've been talking about uh, on the on my, my author page on Facebook. It's uh, it, it, just some, some really st- some interesting stuff that I think is uh, warrants our attention. Um, it, it's an article that was it was a vi- like a video published by BuzzFeed, and it's about the uh, one of the senior writers named is Charlie Warzel, and what he has done is he wanted to see what it was like to to make payments without having to use cash, and he decided to be the first person to implant a microchip in his hand so he could pay for everything that way because it's super convenient as a consumer. You don't have to carry your wallet anymore and just buzz your hand over things and you can pay with stuff. Now. For those of you that follow conspiracy theories, for those of you that listen to David Icke, you know a lot of people have talked about the microchip coming. Uh, and some people have made the the allegation that this is the mark of the beast because you won't be able to buy or trade or sell without the mark. Um, I'm not going to go that far with it, but I, I do want to say that you know, and I've been saying this for a couple years now, is that this microchip idea, although seems great, I want to caution you in that as it may begin to gain popularity because with with all these things that people warn us about they say yeah, it's coming the government control is coming blah 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 a lot of people tend to think that it's going to be imposed upon us by some tyrannical regime but what i propose is that it's going to be the consumer that brings this this upon everybody because we want things to be easier we want things to be more convenient so let me put a microchip in my hand that stores all of my information my financial data my medical data my personal information uh, you know and this is the only way I can buy things and sell things this is the only people can identify who I am because I won't need a driver's license anymore they'll just scan my microchip 
with that technology, with everything in place in one little microchip in your hand, number one, you can be tracked. Number two, you can be cut off, completely cut off from everything. Now, you can get cut off with your credit cards, but there's still a couple other alternatives that we have right now in place. But if we go into getting this microchip, the the ability for it to be corrupted is is so great. I mean, so all somebody has to do is steal your microchip and put it and plant it in their own hand. To to you know, just a, a common thief. Imagine what somebody with some technology or uh, you know some kind of tyrannical power could do once that's in place. But I always say that the the greatest problem with at least in United States that we're seeing, I think it's there's a lot of corrupt corporations out there. There's there's corrupt and broken governments at all levels. But it's the consumers that drive it. It's the consumers that vote. It's the consumers that vote with their purchasing power. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're buying. Think about the long-term consequences. All right. I go on forever about that. Let me jump off of that soapbox. Uh, and, and let me jump into this uh, this moon stuff uh, that I have shared on the, the Facebook page. You can find it at serviceofchange.com as well, my Facebook feed and links to this article. But it's from uh, ancientcode.com. And the title of the article is NASA Scientist Speaks Out. There's someone else on the moon. Now let's think about that for a minute. You know, th there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there talking about, uh, you know, life on the moon or the moon is an artificial structure. David Icke does a really, really good breakdown talking about the moon matrix. Um, you know, and there's a book that he mentions that I'm going to get, get into here briefly talking about it as well. But I, I want to take another step back. I came across another article that I don't like the term debunked because I think when people debunk, you know, professional debunkers are debunking something, I think you're really just looking to intentionally discredit somebody. You don't really care about getting to the truth. So I don't like that term. So I read an article that discredited a, a popular, uh, I guess, conspiracy theory something that I had prescribed to and it, it frustrates me because I was like wow I really you know really bought into that one but I never did my due diligence I just thought the presentation of information for this particular theory and it doesn't matter which one it is at this point in time um, you know I will talk about it. I just don't want to jump into it right now but the presentation of this was in a, a very big movie and it has been repeated by many many other people but nobody really bothered to go check the sources of it. They just presented the information in such a fantastic way and they gave overwhelming amounts of data but the credibility of that data, I never went and verified that. And that's where I, I think we need to be cautious as truth seekers as we're trying to search for truth and, and uh, in the research that we do. You know, I'm doing my due diligence in uh, the book I'm writing now, I'm Human Food for the Archons. But I'm citing all of my sources, and I'm trying to get in touch, you know, with the original sources of information. So I'm not quoting a guy who read a book, who heard from somebody else. I'm quoting from the person that had the experience, or the original, so the earliest source that was found on the subject. I'm also looking at other people's analysis to it to help me in my own research. But I think it's important that we go back and we explore these sources because one of my, what I thought was a smoking gun source because I heard somebody talking about it, as I'm going through this source, I'm going, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. It's still interesting. It still supports my argument. But it's not living up to the hype. And I'm very frustrated about that. But I have enough other corroborating, corroborating evidence to go with it. So I guess my point is, 
you know, with tonight, with the stuff I'm going to talk about, I think it's fascinating. I'm going to give my own spin of, you know, what I think it could mean, what I think it could be. But I, I'm not looking at the, the necessarily the original sources of this stuff. I'm not digging deep enough on this. This is really just scratching the surface. And I want to make that quite clear. If you find this interesting and you really want to look into this, or this is a key piece of information to whatever quest you're on in research, go do your due diligence. Look up the originators of the source. Find other sources, original sources, that say the same thing. That's how you do an investigation. That's how you find the truth. Just because somebody puts something, puts together a good argument, doesn't mean they're quoting actual fact. And, and again, I'm guilty of it. I bought into this one theory, hook, line, and sinker. All right, I've uh, I've burned a lot of time here. I want to talk about this moon stuff here. Many of you have probably heard about it. Again, NASA scientist speaks out. There's someone else on the moon. And this is from, I guess, at ancientcode.com. I'll have the links at servicetochange.com and within the show notes. Um, but what he says here is, you know, the intro to the article, it seems that it isn't a question anymore whether or not there are mysterious alien structures on the moon. In the last couple of years, numerous scientists with verifiable background have come forward speaking about a sinister truth behind Earth's moon. So this article goes on to talk about, you know, through using the Freedom of Information Act, they're able to pull uh, various types of information at this point. They quote Neil Armstrong as saying, great ideas undiscovered, breakthroughs available to those who can remove one of the truth's protective layers. Um, so that's a pretty interesting quote uh, in the beginning. And then they start talking about a book called Somebody Else is on the Moon. But I want to get to, uh, you know, they're talking about Here's the author's book. In the last couple of years, a number of scientists working for NASA have come forward speaking about Earth's moon and, and the mysteries associated with it. For example, George Leonard, a NASA scientist in charge of photoanalysis, obtained several extremely controversial images from the moon, which he published in his book, Somebody Else is on the Moon. Uh, to, I'm continuing to read here. To back his claims up, he even published identifying code numbers belonging to the original images in his work. However, this was still not enough to say for certain whether or not the images are real and the poor quality of the images makes it even harder to believe. Uh, what's perhaps even more interesting than the images and the respective identification codes are the statements made by Le Leonard and his verified NASA credentials. Now, I don't know where those credentials are verified. I'm not saying they don't exist. In this article, I don't see a link to his verified credentials. So for me, that's step number one. If you're going to be researching this, verify who this guy is. Did he in fact work for NASA? Now, just because he worked for NASA doesn't mean what he's saying is true. We have to keep that in mind as well. Basically, what this article does is it goes through and, and it quotes different people that have some type of affiliation to NASA who make who make statements and claims that hey, there's structures and stuff on the moon. Uh, I'll have the link here, in, you know, in the show notes that serves to change for you to review and for you to look at. It does link to some sources. I haven't even looked at them yet. Um, take a look at it. I am not discrediting what they're saying at all. You know, this is a good starting point. It gives you some names to look into, and it quotes some of the things that they were saying. There's a link to a reference to a book. I would check that stuff out. I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Um, there's another one, another article. Let's see here, and it's from uh, UFOCasebook.com/moonstructures, and it talks about a guy by the name of Carl Wolf. And I've heard this story before. I think I heard it on Coast to Coast AM. I'm going to paraphrase it here, but I'll have the whole story up in the show notes at servicechange.com. But basically, he said that he was uh, he worked for the Director of Intelligence at Headquarters Tactical and Air Command Technical Group. Again, 
I haven't verified that. That's something that I would look into. Maybe somebody has already verified it. I just haven't done the research yet. But basically, he says he got called into a, an NSA facility to repair some photo equipment that seemed to be pretty important. And while he was there, somebody told him that there were structures on the moon, artificial structures on the moon. Uh, and the, it alleges that these structures were alien. Uh, anyway, so he goes into you know explaining his story and what he saw on there. And again, you can find the links at servicechange.com in the show notes here. Um, and again, I'm not discrediting what he said whatsoever. It's just it's a good point uh, of origin to start your research. Now you couple that with you know I know when Coast to Coast has had people talking about this uh, on on multiple multiple episodes, finding structures on the moon. Uh, and I've looked at some of these anomalies, and they are awe-inspiring, they're fascinating, they're thought-provoking, um, and it really does make you wonder. And then the other piece that you have to wonder about is you, you have, there are some original photographs out there with these anomalies on the moon, and then the edited photos come out years later now with the internet and stuff, the photos that NASA puts out uh, are apparently airbrushed or those anomalies are no longer there. Now, I'm sure there's a thousand scientific explanations for it, you know, dismissing any possibility that there's structures on the moon. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, when David Icke talks about his uh, Saturn moon matrix, um, I, I would definitely go back and, and just Google David Icke moon matrix and listen to what he has to say to that. That stuff ties into a lot of the things I talk about with frequency and vibration affecting, you know, human consciousness and human potential. Um, David's really, you know, does a good job connecting a bunch of dots on there. Look that one up as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, he talks about the moon possibly being an artificial structure. And he notes that it's interesting, the mathematical calculations, uh, how the moon is, a, I, I guess, a scale model of the sun. How, you know, when the moon becomes between the Earth and the sun, it completely blocks out the sun, which means it's placed at the exact perfect location to do that. Is that just a random chance because a planet hit our moon and ejected the hit our sun and ejected the moon or whatever as the earth was being formed as as that theory goes that's a pretty big coincidence that this moon is formed um you know in in that capacity uh i I don't know you know now david goes on to talk about how the moon may even be in fact hollow so there may only not only be artificial structures on the moon but the moon itself may be a hollow uh structure in and of itself um you know, now in 2009, NASA launched um, a warhead or a, some kind of bomb in October 2009 that they dropped on the surface of the moon. Uh, you were supposed to see this big plume of smoke. From what I understand, I just watched a video of it. I eventually saw a white flash. Never saw the smoke as this probe was going in, taking video until the probe cla- crashed into the moon. Uh, NASA says they, they did exactly what they were looking to see. I, I don't know. There's some really interesting theories out there that that explosion was hitting an actual structure on the moon I don't know again another interesting point to look at let me bring this back for a minute Um, and I want to caution us again when we talk about aliens everybody wants to assume aliens and and what I'm saying is because it's out there because it's so popular they want you to look in that direction they want you to think in that direction Well, what don't they want you to think about what if it's not alien what if those structures are man-made, either modern day or our ancient past? I've talked several times about Grant Hancock's book, uh, Magicians of the Gods. I highly recommend that you read it. There's links to it you know, right on the homepage at servicetochange.com. Just click on the five ancient knowledge books, and you can go right there to it and get Graham's book. Um, 
You know, but he says that, that there was a high society here on Earth that was destroyed over 12,000 years ago. And there's only trace amounts of evidence uh, of that society. And what's left has is, is been systematically covered up. He really does a good job presenting that. So it sounds like the survivors of that cataclysm, and I, I'll, I'll say it, I'm convinced based on what Graham's saying, based on the way he presents that in the book, that there was a high society here. And other evidence that I've researched and read as well. Um, so again, check out those five ancient knowledge books. Um, you know, on the servicechange.com homepage and, and read those books and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. But it sounds like people went underground when they found out this cataclysm was coming. The survivors eventually came up and reintroduced knowledge back onto the earth. That's where Sumer, you know, Sumeria started to have this rebirth of knowledge and it wasn't just the beginning of civilization, it was the, the you know, the restart of it basically. But what if this society was so highly advanced that they shot up to the moon or they were already there on the moon when this cataclysm struck the earth and those structures have survived and those people have survived and they've been up there influencing the you know what goes on here as well that that doesn't make them alien I mean, you know they originated here on earth just I, i'm just throwing these theories out there because i, I see a lot of assumptions that get made in a lot in, in some of these theories and that bothers me because you can't just assume it's an alien. I know they make fun of uh, of Giorgio, who I, I think he's a great guy on uh, the Ancient Aliens show because everything he says is aliens. But that's how it gets sometimes. And we need to consider all possible options, even things we haven't thought of yet. We need to be open to that. So uh, I, I feel like I'm keeping it light tonight. Uh, I, again, I'm just keeping it very general. Uh, I'm looking at uh, the website. It's called whobuiltthemoon.com. I think this is the book that David Icke was talking about. And they walk you through uh, several different links and screens to talk about their theory that you know the moon was built. I think they even involve time travel in it. Um, but check it out. It's got some, some interesting uh, thoughts on it. They recommend getting the book to see all the mathematical calculations that prove that the moon is an artificial structure. Uh, so I, I have not read the book. I have not looked at it, but it has definitely piqued my my curiosity. So, um, what are your thoughts on this? What information do you have? Do you have any good sites for uh, artificial structures on the moon? I haven't come across any yet. But again, I, I haven't been looking for too long uh, on this subject. It was just something that I that I thought was interesting. Uh, you, you know, and, and warrants, it's something to think about. I mean, what if there is life on the moon, whether it's alien, whether it's human, whether it's ancient, whether it's modern? Uh, either way, that's something that's uh, that's pretty fascinating. And I, I suspect that with advancements in technology and the availability of advanced technology to people like you and me, we're going to be able to eventually get a real good image of the moon on our own. And we'll be able to see for ourselves if there's things on there. There have been some great videos. Again, it's on YouTube, but I have seen some great videos of some fascinating structures that just amateur astronomers have seen uh, up there on the moon that are difficult to explain. But I don't have the technical knowledge to evaluate it. To me, it looks like a structure. To me, it looks like a building. But I'm not a geologist. I'm not an astronomer. So I can't tell you if that stuff is naturally occurring or how common it is. So, all right. I think I'm done rambling for tonight. Uh, check it out. Let me know what your thoughts are on, uh, you know, about the moon. Is it an artificial structure? Is there life on the moon? And if so, where did it come from? That's all the time I have. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been the Seeker Podcast with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you.
Truth Seekers. (laughs) 